You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Talking Theater Friends. How, Thank how you. are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. You know, getting ready for the holidays. That's always uh, great. So please tell me in uh, as much as you can share about the uh, show that you're a part of, the Sondheim Celebration. Well, the Sondheim Unplugged, you know, it's been going on for a few years. I'm not exactly sure how many years. Uh, I, Phil can tell you better than that, better than I, but I've been involved with it gosh, multiple times. And it's always so fun to, I I probably have done six or seven of them over the years. And it's just so fun to get to do the Sondheim numbers out of context from the shows. And sometimes even uh, songs that you wouldn't ever get to do in the show themselves. Uh, And Phil, Jeffrey Bond is just like, uh, has this huge wealth of knowledge about the shows and the process and the songs themselves. So it's always so fun to be a part of it, not just to do the material, but to hear tidbits of information uh, from him and, you know, original cast members of other shows through the years. So it's just a lot, a lot of fun. And you see how many people actually just love the works of Stephen Sondheim. How can I not, right? Right, exactly. Is there like a, a Sondheim character on your bucket list that you're like just like dying to play someday? Oh man, there's uh, so many, but definitely Bobby in Company and George in Sunday in the Park are like so high up there so uh maybe one of these days you know can you talk a little bit about you know since you've been doing sonheim unplugged for a while what was it like to uh do it in the room where it happens but not do it with people uh drinking and like having their burgers and those like amazing fries (laughs) (laughs) well and also the staff how about the awesome staff uh too so without them you know, it's it was so interesting, and also the fun part about uh, doing the Sondheim Unplugged is just getting to collaborate with a whole bunch of people that you don't always get to collaborate with. So that part, we all recorded individually as well. So seeing that amazing roster of so many friends that I haven't seen for nine months to a year because of the pandemic, still didn't get to see them because we had to film one at a time. So 
you know, but you know, the same, it's, you know, it's equally nerve wracking, you know, doing some of these Sondheim songs and, you know, he does not skimp on the lyrics. So <laughs> one thing that we will all, all say when we do the Sondheim Unplugged, because, you know, we, we don't really get to rehearse a lot and you just get up there and do it uh, in front of everybody. And 99% of the audience knows 100% of the words. So they know <laughs> when you mess up and the nerves of singing the words wrong is the same, whether it's a packed house or it's just you and the cameraman. So those nerves are the same. Did you like imagine like any specific audience members uh, when you were like staring out into like the, the booths and the tables? You know, it's so interesting. It's such a different world now, right? I mean, here we are like musical theater people trained to like play to the back of the house or to play the room. And now you're like, play to this camera, play to this camera. Oh, and here's this guy walking around with the camera. So it's, it's definitely interesting, like using those TV chops with the musical theater chops. And it's, it's, it's a new world. We're all, we're all learning so fast. What was it like for you, like if it's not too painful to to go back and think about, you know, that those like super strange, like surreal weeks in March or like in February, we we're like, oh, we're going to be fine. Uh, it's going to be under control. And then suddenly go home and like don't leave your house for like nine months. I was in Raleigh, North Carolina, singing uh, with the Raleigh Symphony, the North Carolina Symphony, doing a, a Rodgers and Hammerstein program. Uh, and I flew home on the 9th of March. Uh, and the, you know, Broadway shutdown was on the 12th. So, uh, so in a way I was still doing a little bit of Rogers and Hammerstein, but you know, we are blessed. We have a house upstate in the Catskills. Uh, and we came up here in the, on the 12th of March thinking that, uh, you know, like, oh, maybe we'll be there for a week or so. And then two weeks and then, you know, so it, it was definitely, uh, you know, like, like everyone has been experiencing, you know, the hurry up and wait game. Uh, and then finding ways to get creative and to, and to do things to work outside of the box, so to speak, or in the box, you know, the Zoom box. So uh, it's kind of surreal that it's like coming up on a year now, you know, and just watching the resilience of people and filming uh, various projects like this one at 54 Below and, and for other theaters around the country, uh, just watching the resilience of people and watching people adapt, you know. What do you miss the most? If there's like a single thing that you can pinpoint, uh, I mean, by being a sage, you know, I mean, the, the the biggest thing in life is just missing family, like being able to travel and see see family and friends, being together, uh, and then you know, as far as like art and what we do, the thing I miss the most is the collaboration. You know, it's we are getting creative when we're doing a lot of these things, but for instance, it'll they'll send you a pre-recorded track and then you try to sing to that and then somebody else edits it on edits it on Zoom or something. So, you know, on moments like the the Sondheim Unplugged concert coming up, it was just so amazing to uh, work with Joe, uh, the pianist, and just actually be able to breathe and do that so much, you know, like we used to be able to do. And, you know, to be able to collaborate with the audience, you know, to have them react to, I was fortunate enough during the summer to do several concerts and outdoors and socially distanced, but, oh, you just forget how, having that immediate response. You know, it's one thing to sing to people over Zoom and hope they like it in their living room. It's another thing to be in the room together. So uh, that that's definitely the collaboration with other artists and with the audience is what I miss the most. And it's like, suddenly everyone's like, not, at a Lady Gaga concert, but ever Lady Gaga, because everyone's like wearing their masks uh -huh, and, uh -huh. and read the people. I don't know, it must be so strange for, for all of you. Uh, when you do things uh, digitally or over Zoom, 
how do you, uh, you know, what are you using to measure that feedback that you usually get from cheers and from applause from people singing along with you? You know, it's, it's tough. Love, love. Luckily, there's been some lovely people and, you know, they're able to send comments. And I feel that the connection that we had kind of lost in the, the social media world of just likes and, um, and stuff like that, I feel like people are definitely reaching out more and sending follow-up emails or even a text or, you know, I just got a thank you letter in the mail the other day. That's like, oh my gosh, remember those? Uh, it's so nice. So I, I do feel like people are going the extra mile to show appreciation you know, and you see it, especially I've, I've been blessed to do a lot of teaching and coaching online and the kids are what's, they're really great at it. You know, they're, they know all the little functions to send a high five or, uh, so it's, it's really great. And I, I've noticed it from all ages, from, from young to old, that people want to give back and like rounds of applause and show love, um, for these like gifts of art over the internet. So now that in so many ways, you know, like you mentioned that having, not being able to collaborate with people, right? So now that you are your own director, lighting designer, set designer and all that, what skills would you say that you picked up during the uh, pandemic? You're like, Nicholas, like keep this one. Like you wanna use this one when we are <laughs> able to go back to any, you know, like, I don't know. Well, you like know, it's so interesting, you know, and like at, at first of the p pandemic, I started like by sharing the wealth. I know like a lot of people were uh, unemployed and, and not having income. So I thought, okay, great. Well, I'll just reach out and I'll have so-and-so edit this for me and pay them a few dollars or I'll have so somebody mix the sound on this. And now that we're getting further along, it's like, oh gosh, this is going to drag on. I better learn how to do this. You know, this old dog has got to learn some kind of tricks. So I wouldn't say I'm master of anything yet, but I, a little bit of this and, you know, slowly but surely building up the studio with the lights and the sound and the blue wall. And uh, you know, it looks like we're going to be here for a little bit longer, even if the world does bounce back. But I think at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a lot more uh, forgiveness for low tech options. And now it's like, no, no, bitch. You've been in this for nine months. You better figure it out. <laughs> you better have that ring light by now or else it's on you. So I better catch up. Yeah, they're expecting you to be like James Cameron or Steven Spielberg <laughs> right at home. Exactly. They're like, what do you mean you don't have a 4K? What do you, what do you mean you don't have a, you know, the, I was like, okay, I'll get one tomorrow as soon as Amazon can get it here. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how to use Zoom. Oh, yeah. March was my first time and I'm still like, don't know what I'm doing. Like, I mean, yeah. You heard me like I could hear my echo for the longest. I have no idea how to do anything over here. Well, and it all keeps changing, right? It's like the thing with Zoom now, it's like every time you log in, there's some kind of update, you know, or there's, and then once you've got it figured out, they say, oh, we're going to StreamYard now. I'm like, great, let me, let me figure that one out too. So yeah, what's that by the way? Like I've never heard of that one. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Should I be scared uh, of that one? <laughs> no, I, I've used it very little, but it's, it's, you know, for, for performing live, uh, doing music live, it's a little smoother. Uh, but again, I'm no expert, so. So for any performers that are gonna be watching or listening to this, do you have any specific, uh, you know, tips that you're like, get this light and not this one, get this camera and not this one, get this thing and not this one? You know, uh, I, I, I don't, I feel like they're so, uh, and I'm constantly asking around and everybody else has a different thing. So I find just like, get what works for you. I have like a basic ring light that costs 20 bucks and I record things from my iPhone and I bought a little microphone that plugs into it and it's doing 
just fine for what we need. You know, I don't have a fancy studio, so uh, I, I, I wish I had better advice, but I just say get whatever is user-friendly to you and is not intimidating. I wonder have you, uh, if you have any tips also for singers specifically, because I have heard from so many people, I don't know how to sing, I barely know how to use Zoom, but I've heard from so many singers that it's uh, tricky because there's like a delay if you're trying to like perform live yeah, and, and all of that, like, have you mastered that? And do you have any, you know, like Yoda uh, wisdom <laughs> to share? I haven't mastered it by any stretch of the imagination, but the things that I find that have helped the best uh, for singing live over Zoom is to uh, have an external source for your sound. So like, for instance, if you're playing from a track or whether you're playing from the piano, because you don't want too many things going into the microphone at the same time. So have that, like I have my Bluetooth speaker that I use for playback and I have that, it's just a little trial and error of the distance. So it's not competing with your voice, but it actually balances out with your voice. So I just kind of found like my sweet spot on the volume level, which is different than if it's live in the room. So I just kind of tested it out with somebody on the other end and just try to recreate those settings as far as distance to the microphone uh, for the speaker and for me. I uh, just try to keep it the same every time. That sounds really cool. Like I, I should try that also uh, and learn how to sing maybe. Yeah. And I was listening to your album and so, so beautiful. And I love that it's such an eclectic, um, you know, uh, mix of things. Like I was, you know, I was surprised uh, to hear you doing uh, Waters of March. Oh. It's like one of my, uh, one of my favorite songs from when I was little. Uh, oh. I sing it in Portuguese, although I don't even speak Portuguese. Oh. So I just like made up the word. So can you talk a little bit about putting together uh, that, which is, I'm gonna assume like a reflection of like the so many uh, genres and your interests, right? Well, I mean, they're a reflection of me. You know, I'm interested in all of these different things. And I think making the album was such a lifelong dream of mine that I had enough time to think about like, oh, what I might do. So I kind of just started by making a collection of songs. And, and the way it came about is actually, I got asked to do uh, the Orlando Cabaret Festival for a few years back, and I'd never done a cabaret show. So I started working on that first. And then as that set list started coming about, um, it, it all the stuff kind of revolved around things that were first in my life. So it kind of made a way that some songs fell off the table and some songs came into it. Um, and then after doing that show for a few, uh, at a few other places, did it at the Signature in DC, did it in Orlando, did it uh, at um, Birdland, uh, then had the opportunity to record it with PS Classics as an album. Uh, and it was great because the songs were already tested and true and the arrangements were done. And then we could kind of just pick the ones that we wanted specifically for that. Uh, and, you know, all my favorites made it on there. So if you could have had, you know, like a, or like a whole collection, like a triple album, uh, were there like some tracks that you uh, would have liked to include or well, that you're going to you hold know, for the next one? You know, it's interesting. The one the I, I wouldn't say that I have any regrets because I'm really happy with the way the album came out and I'm really happy with everything on it. I'm very proud of it. But I, I do in the show, when I do the show now, I talk about uh, there was one song that intimidated me and I didn't do it on the album, uh, which everybody kept expecting. They're like, oh, if the album's called The First Time, surely you're going to do The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face. And I didn't because I just thought that Roberta Flack recording was so iconic and 
the line and the breath and the vulnerability. Uh, and now I'm just like, you know, kicking myself because I'm like, the only reason I didn't do it was fear. And I just feel like that's a, not a really good reason to avoid doing things in life. So, so now I talk about that when I do the show and I, I do the song live, but I did, I, I wish I had done it on the album then, but who knows, maybe there'll be more albums to come. I hope so. Like I'm sure. And you know, since you spoke about fear and this is, I don't know, like, I, I don't want this to be like a, uh, stressful question but like you know like i feel like this year so many in so many ways has been about learning and about us like overcoming so many things yeah and i wonder if you have um i don't know like what's your biggest insight about not only you as an artist but you as a human being uh 2020 that you want to carry into uh, the rest of your life well it's you know it's a great question and there's there's so much um but I feel like the thing that I've recognized in myself the most over these last nine months is that it's okay to slow down, you know, and really owning that because so much of ourselves, especially as artists and as actors, we put ourselves on the line daily, you know, putting ourselves out there to be vulnerable, not just in the performance aspect, but also in the audition, uh, in the callback process. Um, and the thing that it took me a second during this pandemic to realize was that it's not just me. It's it, everybody is out of work. Everybody is slowing down. And I think we spend so much time judging ourselves based on others. You know, somebody else got this job. Somebody else is constantly working. Somebody else booked that national tour uh, that you feel, the, or at least I should say for myself, I would put the pressure on myself to, com to compete or to be competitive in the industry. And now, as soon as I had the realization that the whole world is on pause, that it, it allowed me to not beat myself up about stuff and to just kind of enjoy the ride. And then as things came, did come along, to be appreciative of them and to say like, you know what, I get to do this today. I, I'm blessed to get to do this. So I'm hoping that I will be able to carry uh, that with me as we go into 2021 and things start opening back up. It's to just not be so hard on myself and base it my success uh, comparatively to others. I think that's, that's really beautiful. Like, uh, you're going to get me all emotional because, like, I feel like uh, that's, that's yeah, yeah, same, same. So thank you for sharing well, that. It's so easy to, you know, and I, I, I definitely see it now, too. There's definitely two groups of people uh, that I'm noticing. People that will hear you got something or booked a TV show or doing a concert, and they'll say, oh, my God, that's amazing for you. Or the, the their first reaction is, wait, I didn't hear about that. Or how did you get that? And I didn't. And I'm, it's pretty much one or the other, you know, so it's it's very telling to see where people are with that. Same, like you're speaking, like, I feel like you're like, yeah, you're, yeah. So weird that, you know, like, so many people, like, talk to them, and like, we all kind of like got the same from the year. And I'm with you on that, like, yeah. totally. And how do you, okay, now I'm gonna, now that you're my shrink or anything, like, how do you, how do you uh, deal with the people who, let's just say maybe uh, have a little bit too, uh, too much envy or who don't uh, share in your joy, but rather come from a place of, uh, you know, like, uh, what's the word? Uh, not from a place of abundance, but from a place of like lack. Like, how do you deal with them? Like, well, just, like... I, I try to deal with patience. I mean, I find that if somebody leads with um, lack of generosity, if that's where they're coming from, uh, calling them out on it isn't going to tend to make them more generous. So in my experience, so I just try to 
take the high road. You know, my husband says all the time, take the high road, there's more room there. You know, so I, I just feel like I acknowledge it, I, I hear it, and then I just, you know, don't let myself get in that situation again with that person. But I don't feel the need to be combative with people that are already feeling uh, that they're leading from a negative place. It, it just doesn't do any good. So, you know, I just try to be positive and say, well, I hope you get the next one, man, or whatever, you know, like, there's plenty to go around. Absolutely. And speaking of generosity, can you talk about where you're going to be like indulging uh, in over the holidays and like what's on your letter to Santa? And oh my gosh. All um, the good I, Christmas stuff. Well, speaking of indulge, I just recently did the Whole30. Do you know the Whole30? That... It's so good. Yeah, I loved it. It was amazing. Lost my 16 pounds. I'm very happy about that. But that is on full preparation of the onslaught of food that I'm having for Christmas. So like, as soon as we get off this call, I'm starting my tamales. I'm in a, like a two day process of making. And of course, like, I'll share some, but eating a lot of them, you know, and like making cookies and like, am I going to bake a ham or make a turkey? Like all bets are off. You know, my mom said the other day, she said, well, she's like, Nick, you can't be on a diet. It's Christmas. Christmas only comes once a year. And I'm like, yeah, but we celebrate it for like two weeks of food. So so I'm ready. I bring on the sausage biscuits, bring on the cookies. I'm ready for all of it. And the booze. <laughs> uh, okay, I wanted to talk about the tiger blood because like when the tiger blood happens in the whole 30, that's like the most incredible thing of all time, right? I guess. I don't know. I didn't, I was like waiting. I don't know what I was waiting for, like to leap buildings in a single bound. But <laughs> I definitely felt great. Like in the middle of it, you know, and I was like, oh, this can go on forever if only I could have booze. But, uh, but yeah, and you sleep so good. That's the thing, that, like, that's the biggest secret of Whole30. I was like, wow, I'm just like sleeping like a rock. And you wake up at the exact same time without an alarm clock every morning. Yeah, uh, and no hangover. You're like, wow. <laughs> that's true. What goes in your tamales? Because I've been craving tamales. I, uh, <laughs> I'm from Honduras, and uh, one of my friends who's actually from Honduras and lives in New York, she's like, I have tamales for you, but like we can't see each other. So I just oh, want to run to the ship them with dry ice. Ship them with dry ice. Um, uh, mine, are, mine are just very traditional, like my grandmother's. Uh, so they're just pork, pork and garlic, and lots of chile. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm super excited about this version of Sondheim Unplugged. Like I said, I've done six or seven of them over the years. I've been to multiples. But when they announced this cast list, it's just off the hook. Darius DeHaas, T. Oliver Reed, Lucia Spina, Natalie Douglas, me. Um, and what I love about it and Phil Jeffrey Bond uh, is that, you know, a lot of times it'll go obscure and there's some like unknown Sondheim. But when I saw this list, it's a lot of the hits. So I'm really, I'm going to watch it more than once. Uh, and it starts the day after Christmas, so um, you can have your tamales uh, on Boxing Day. You don't have to pay a two-drink minimum. You just have to, like, walk to your fridge, uh, which is going to be awesome. And I'm just excited that 54 Below is getting into the streaming game. The, the Cody Williams, our director of photography, did a gorgeous job, a three-camera shoot. And they're also doing, um, currently airing is Norm Lewis's Christmas concert. Same guys filmed it. They did an amazing job. 
and I'm so happy to work with them. And I'm also, right after that, I have something coming up uh, at the Paper Mill Playhouse. It's switching to a virtual season this year. They just debuted their Christmas show, uh, which I was fortunate enough to be in. That runs for two weeks as well. Uh, but coming up in January, we're recording a Rodgers and Hammerstein concert. It's five actors. We're doing um, Some Enchanted Evening, the music Rodgers and Hammerstein. And that will run for two weeks, um, beginning middle of February. And you can get tickets to that on the Paper Mill Playhouse website. That sounds amazing. So yeah. Feliz Navidad, happy holidays, enjoy your tamales, and let me know uh, what you think about Selena when you get to watch it. Yes, Feliz Navidad. Thank you so much for having me and chatting. It's so fun. It's my pleasure. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.